Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this special grab bag for Thunderdome Metal Reviews as we decide to take a break from the guardness that has been our lives the past month and wanted to kind of put a couple of palcons in there. Let's review, let's talk about the albums of some movies that the albums were much better than the movies were. And so we decided to look at a, th- a special selection of three of them. But introductions must be made before we begin. With me, as always, is the Reverend Ben Lindsay and the Dr. David Pizza. And with our special guests, as always featured, uh, Gabe Cooper. How y'all doing tonight, gentlemen? If he's right, always KC. featured, is it special? Isn't it just eternal? Maybe. Oh, I, will featured. I will never let special? you. It's, so, it's, it's very special. Can you guys can you guys say why you chose to do this as opposed to some other palate cleanser? Like, I don't know, Dreadnought? I want to first for the record state, I will never let you escape Gorg, Tracy. I know. <laughs> You're never any more than I let you escape Slayer. And this literally... Um, Gabe came out of a conversation. Hey, remember those albums that were way better than the shitty movies? We should do some of those. And we did. I think we each just picked one. I want one. Somebody named one, someone named another, and someone named another. It it was that really, it was really sophisticated and elaborate method. We had a very Very scientific. Yeah, it was very scientific. We just (laughs) pick a soundtrack that was good when the movie wasn't that great. Our our grab bag is kind of like, hey, this would be kind of cool to talk about. And it's like one hit wonders and just random shit that kind of puts. Just a very small enough thread to tie four albums together. And it's like, here we go. I, I Though I will say, I think The Crow, not to get away what we're doing, that's one of them, is okay once they recut it and he was dead and they decided to just make it sad. There's a lot going on with that movie. but um, Of the three, it's the best movie. By far. By far. I can't oh. really judge because I only saw The Crow. So. <laughs> the other movies are not that good. I went to the theaters and saw Judgment Night because I thought the soundtrack was so good. Really? really when does that happen when does that happen yeah I'm how, like, how often does again. that people people, <laughs> never people like again. listen people hear the sound and they're like i think i'm gonna go watch that movie because i really like the song that they used see i knew better by the 2000s i got queen of the damned and did not go see it no i'm like, okay. Queen of the damned but yeah I, it's not good i have <laughs> Isn't it like, i think it's Aaliyah's last movie right yes i think she died yeah, during the production she died i think right at the end of it Indeed. before they and post production or whatever. So, um, lady, ladies and gentlemen, in case you hadn't noticed, we're talking about, we never even mentioned, we're talking about The Crow, Judgment Night, and Queen of the Damned. Yeah, and we'll probably end up kind of floating back and forth between all three of them. Probably yeah, so let me, this is going to be slightly different than what we normally do because this is not one band on these albums being the nature. So let me just get a few very minor production details out of the way. So The Crow original motion picture soundtrack was released on March 29th of 1994, has a runtime of 63 minutes and 50 seconds. It was released on Atlantic Records and it has various producers because essentially each song Mm. has its own producer. Pretty much the same thing for Judgment Night in that regard. Um, It came out on September 14th of 1993, has a runtime of 45 minutes and 11 seconds. Queen of the Damned is a more streamlined in the fact that it actually does have producers, Richard Gibbs and Jonathan Davis. It was released on March 1st of 2002 on Warner Brothers and has a runtime of 59 minutes and 58 seconds. Oh, and if I didn't say Judgment Nine, just for the record, came out on, on Immortal. Well, you guys were talking about who goes sees the movie for a song. I remember doing that when I was like 10 years old. <laughs> and it's the beginning is the end is the beginning from the Smashing Pumpkins. And I went and saw Batman and Robin because of it. Well, that sounds like a turd sandwich all the way around. <laughs> I was 10. Okay. I mean, oh, yeah. man. That I is... mean, I like that song, but I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. That movie was bad. I mean, well, I, I, I went and saw Batman, the first Tim Burton one, more times because of the print soundtrack, I'll admit. I, that, 
that soundtrack was good. Yeah, that that's was pretty good. Um, it wasn't so much necessarily that I thought, wow, this song is so good, I'm going to see the movie. It was just, I mean, this was came out in '93. That was like, you know, I was getting ready to enter into, or I might have already been, depending on when it came out. I've, I've already forgotten the date, but getting ready to go into the senior year of high school or might've been in the middle of my senior year of high school was listening to hardcore gangster rap and heavy metal. And this was those two things smashed together. And I was like, fuck yes. And then the concept of the movie is that it's a crime film about four suburban dudes who get lost in the inner city, Chicago, a very white inner city, Chicago, I might add in the movie, which is why one of the reasons of many that it is terrible. Um, but so I was sold, you know, I was like, I like crime movies. I like rap and metal. Fuck yeah, let's watch this. And meh. but the soundtrack is fucking amazing. It is. And it's aged pretty well. I mean, some of it, you know, it's very clearly a product I mean, of the early 90s. I just remembered I had a, uh, what my intro was going to be when I said I'd do it. It's like featuring the only other song by Sir Mix-a-Lot besides Baby Got Back. He's got a whole catalog, Tracy. Yeah, well, you should What check else it out. is on his catalog? What else is on there? I, I would tell you, but I'm on the wrong computer with the, my uh, discography on it. But <laughs> you actually <laughs> no, I do I do have a, I do have another record of his other than sure. the one with Baby Got Back on it. But oh wow, but the, the interesting thing though is like of course like a lot of the people who were who were a lot of the bands that were hooking up with these rappers didn't know their work necessarily yeah. or didn't know how famous they were or how talented they were despite how talented they were right. Indeed, and so Rexalot is like totally one of those guys too. Yeah, and to, and full disclosure, Gabe found a oral history. Uh, was it AV Club or where was that from? Gabe, yeah, do you remember? I think it was um, Rolling Stone. Okay, mm. that talked about this, and I didn't know that the dudes from like Cypress Hill and House of Pain were so involved in the production of this. Yes, but it was super cool to find that out. And the the thing about the Sir Mix a lot was he wasn't used to working with a live band. And I, I get the sense they gave us right. That that's one of those situations where the band that he worked with didn't necessarily know who he was. And that was mud hunting just for the, mm-hmm. to be clear. But I mean, they get together. There's awkwardness at first. He, you know, they play the track for him. He gets a recording of it. He goes, writes the lyrics, comes back. They perform it live. And it's fucking awesome. And these collaborations, you know, not to, to jump too far ahead, but I don't know that there's any of these collaborations that I didn't think worked. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's well, interesting from- that you say that. I mean, I think like you, you wouldn't think that they like if you come into it and you're like, I don't know if this would work. I think you'd be surprised that all of them like did work to some degree, but mm-hmm. I don't think that all of them work as well. <laughs> well, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> I, I do think that there there's a variance in quality, but we could say that about all these. Sound no, products. sure. But, but I guess like the different thing is that, um, you know, this is, this is a real grab bag in terms of like the idea to do it. Right. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. this guy, this producer who wanted to, to do this was like, he had to pull teeth to get, get it done because a, uh, you know, people's management didn't weren't so hot on the idea and the artists sometimes weren't hot on the idea either. It's not like one of these no brainer type. OK, we're going to slap all these tracks on this movie because it's an awesome movie and they're going to compliment it. It's like, let's do something that is, you know, kind of a burgeoning uh, genre thing happening, mm-hmm. kind of a burgeoning market. Uh, let's try to do it and see what happens. And yeah, that, that makes for mixed results, of course. But it's an experiment, and that's kind of what you have to. <laughs> if you're if you're going to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs, I guess. I think that that's a very good point. And then I'll get step away and let David and Tracy talk. But you know, I 
part of what made it so groundbreaking was the time in which it happened. Yeah, rock rap had already been a thing. Rage Against the Machine had already released an album. They'd already had the collaboration between Public Enemy and Anthrax and Run DNC and Aerosmith. But to get all these artists from different labels to come together and for the most part, write all original songs, except for one, which is a medley. That's pretty amazing. And something that I don't know that either audience was really prepped for, except for like the, the probably few million of us who are like in that weird liminal space where mm-hmm. I was listening to both. So you're 17 and 20, 17 to 20 year olds in the early nineties. Yeah. yeah, but I think they were often different demographics. I was like, yeah. Ben, I listened to a lot of hip hop and a lot of metal. So this really was, I mean, just amazing. Unlike the movie, which is terrible. It's almost hard to remember because of how massive rap metal is by the end of the 90s. How not massive it was in 93. Exactly as Ben said, you know, you did Rage Against the Machine and, you know, the Anthrax public enemy collaboration but it wasn't really a genre it was just sort of a thing that happened occasionally and they don't want to overstate the influence of this but i think this i think this and rage against machine essentially are the source of all the stuff that comes afterward and i haven't read fred durst's autobiography or whatever to know where that came from or you know some of the other people who for better for worse gave us rap metal in the late 90s or sort of mid to late but i'd be very surprised if this album were not tremendously influential I mean, this album sold a lot of fucking copies and was getting airplay and it was for a metal or for that matter for a hip hop album. Actually, it was pretty hyped in 93. Like other people had heard of it in school that weren't, you know, the weird metalhead kids or the, you know, the people that like rap that I hung out with. So I'm not going to say it was, you know, Sheryl Crow or Pearl Jam, but though Pearl Jam's on here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of random people bought this. I agree with you, Ben. They were not ready for this. (laughs) <laughs> mud honey fans or <laughs> i love that shit that's amazing like the only thing but some of it also i feel like when you hear disorder which i don't know if you guys could hear it i had to go back to my actual copy of it the slayer and ice tea track yeah, i had it i mean that's fucking body count man when I heard that, i'm like oh yeah is that how that happens like i don't know if you guys listen to body count but it's that basically so it certainly had a huge effect on ice tea because I don't think, I think Body Count comes after this, right? Or is one before this? I think Cop Killer was before this. I guess it was, but it, he's absolutely in that headspace already. I mean, it's an yeah. LA thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that they're one of the combinations where they were actually familiar with each other. Yeah, I, I think they know each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree, Gabe. Not every song in here is a hit, but a lot, a lot of songs in here are way better than Anime Right to Be, given exactly as you say. It took a lot to get this made, and it was not under ideal conditions. And just anytime you pull this many labels together and managers and producers, it's just a shit show. So uh, I'm surprised it came together the way it did. Some of the songs here are absolutely amazing. Yep. To NFH, I think, pretty well. Better than I expected, maybe. I haven't listened to this album in a, in a pretty long time. Yeah, I think that this is one of the ones where we might actually have to talk about each album or track individually. But uh, Tracy, give us your thoughts. Well, I was I came in just blind, never hearing it. Like, I, I knew you guys had talked about it so much. And this album was really really well done comparatively because it's not quite that cookie cutter new metal that comes up in the mid late nineties, mm. but it has also still got much more of the hip hop early hip hop influence into it along with metal. And so like, it's a lot better than what come a lot of stuff that comes after it by a lot. I think and I, I agree like- with you guys like this thing should almost have no reason of ever fucking existing. 
And it almost didn't, but it, I'm glad that it does. Yeah. And I agree with you. Uh, that's one of the things that I find it charming is the fact that it's not cookie cutter, that each track is so different from the next, mm-hmm. which again, uh, to, to not to spoil the other two soundtracks we're going to talk about, isn't necessarily the, the reality on those soundtracks. But I mean, the concept is stunningly simple. Take a heavy metal band and a rap artist or hip hop artist and have them collaborate on a song. But the way that they collaborated wasn't the same on every one of them. And I really, truly appreciate that diversity on the, the, the soundtrack. I'm going to say I wasn't as surprised a bit to see Biohazard on here. Like I feel like if this, I would have felt disappointed if Biohazard wouldn't have been on this album after hearing it. Well, I think that that's the one collaboration that had happened before because Biohazard and Onyx had uh, yeah, so uh, had worked together already. So that was the most natural fit, probably, of mm-hmm. all of these. But um, yeah, you weren't you weren't not going to have Biohazard as as hip hop influenced as they were anyway. Yeah, I do say Faith No More is kind of surprising to see them on here. Uh, given Mr. Bungle, why that man will do anything? I don't think anything. anything is that surprising. I guess this is just I wasn't expecting it. Kind of like that's like the one I was like, oh, I wasn't really expecting that, but okay. It, it, it makes more sense if you hear We Care a Lot. Yeah. Yeah. The one before Mike right. Patton, yeah. much as I love Mike Patton, there's a that's lot. That's what more. I was going to say. I, it didn't surprise me that Faith No More was mm-hmm. on here. It surprised me how little Mike Patton seemed to have to do with it. Other yeah, than he sings. Yeah, well, he makes no <laughs> sense. This isn't his, I don't know. He was probably on a lot of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> it's but Mike I, Patton. Who knows? I didn't know the thing. And again, another to give Gabe shout out for that article. That's when they, the Jim Martin, who was the guitarist at the time, whom I actually liked, decided he didn't want to be involved in this and didn't fucking go to meet the band so the dude who's the bassist had to play guitar on this track and let the guy from booyah tribe play bass and it sounds badass it does it's one of my favorite tracks on here actually me too that run of judgment night through disorder to this is so badass I've, to me the middle of this album is the best i like the opener and it closes pretty well but that middle is just so fucking mm-hmm. bad what track did you say from judgment night to where through disorder that's the slayer and ice tea so okay that threw me off because spotify had judgment night and disorder right back to back they are on the album they're back to back i don't know what are you listening david yeah well that's what i'm saying it goes judgment night disorder and then well you were saying it was making some the run from judgment night to disorder like there was more than just steps no through disorder to the faith no more track okay those three but okay i was kind of like no 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 they're I wasn't on Amazon at all. I had to like backtrack because I had this ripped. I'm like, I know there's another song here. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, that that it's basically tracks four, five, and six. I enjoyed probably the most the living color to the faith no more. I think maybe even a little bit of mm-hmm. Love You Mary Jane, but with that one. I think I Love You Mary Jane is a great song, but it's the one that most sounds like something that just would have been on a Cypress Hill album. It does. I know. It, it just, I also exactly. think it's really weak compared to the comp, the collab with Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah, totally. They're, you know, they're they're on, uh, you know, Cypress Hill is on twice. They totally deserve to be because they're badass. But, mm-hmm. you know, Son- it, Sonic Youth, they, they totally wasted their opportunity. They could have put together something really, really awesome. Um, and they're not they're not not creative people Indeed. you know what i mean they yeah. they are experimental musicians but they just totally i don't know a missed opportunity for me and i would go even further and say the two to six the cracks two to six starting with de la soul and, and teenage fan club that run is amazing i mean mm-hmm. uh de la soul is also like if you put them up against most of the other rappers on this they're way out of place <laughs> but yeah. but they are amazing you know what i mean they they do something completely different 
Well, that track is a, it's, to your point, it's actually kind of different than the rest of them because the rest of them kind of lean into more of the violent uh, metal or gangster rap imagery and, you know, vocabulary in a way that that one does it, um, which I also appreciate. I do like Just Another Victim, although it is the least um, integrated of the two songs because it is. Yeah, no, it's totally not integrated. It's like they have to play it fast and then slow it down and be rapping. It's like, come on, guys. Really? Yeah, yeah. So that was, I think it's a good song, but that was somewhat disappointing. Yeah. I guess really... Yeah, uh, Therapy and Fatal with Come and Die is also really good, in my opinion. Um, really, the only the, the low point is probably uh, Dinosaur Jr. and Delta Funky Homo Sapien, which I still think is a good what? song. But it's it's my <laughs> least favorite of all the tracks. How dare uh, you? I fucking uh, love Delta. Blasphemy. I, do, I love Delta Funky Homo Sapien, too. But I mean, that just speaks to, to, to me, to the quality of the other tracks on the album. That's fair. Also, I, I guess the... <laughs> That one and the few one are also the two that are the least like the marriage between metal and hip hop. I mean, it's Dinosaur Junior. It's not really metal. Yeah, right. Let's let's start there. It's a marriage. Like, marriage with divorce papers. It's a, <laughs> that's fair. I just love Jell so much. I didn't. I, yeah, I do I, too. I, I don't give a shit. He could be playing with just like a washboard. He could read the fucking telephone book. <laughs> he, he could, and he has. Good. Yeah, this album's badass. It was really cool to listen to it again. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, which one do we want to go to next? I don't Let's know. Let's talk about the Tim crow. Okay. Yeah, we kind of just skipped that. We started. It's like, fuck you. We made, well, it, well, we, we made it chronological accidentally. So we did. <laughs> the crow was next in 94. Yeah. And, and I listened to the shit out of this album. Holy shit, y'all. Probably the most of all of these. And for a lot of like, there are songs from the soundtrack on the like playlist I listen to all the time. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I think atmospherically, this is the most cohesive of the three that we did. I think for so sure. as well. Sure. And this uh, is the only one that I had heard before and actually owned. <laughs> so so I feel like I'm missing part of this like love, enjoyment for all this crow related stuff. Cause I never did get the movie. I never eh, this but, album was never like even this album's okay, like, but it's not something I like. There was maybe like one or two songs on here I liked, but for the most part, nah. Are you serious, man? Yeah. What the fuck? There's so many. It also it could be a time lag. Yeah, it could be. I think Tracy is also not into like the golf alternative, you know, stuff that's on here, which I really am. (laughs) Me too. I mean, Um, yep. Let's see. We've done typo negative and the Manta stuff is probably the closest we got to the golf. Right? Would you say we touch anything else close to that? Well, I mean, in a certain in a Paradise different way. Lost. Yeah, Paradise Lost. But that was one album. Yeah, more than one, but maybe Dude, they're all pretty fucking gothy. Yeah. But like, they're not just, hey, we're going to be goth. They have other stuff in them. I, goth isn't the main dish I, I in those Paradise Lost I don't albums. think Pantera is goth. Like, I don't, I know this is a well, it, well, I said I liked a couple songs on here. Where'd you get some machines on here? I don't know. So, yeah. There's there's stuff that Tracy would lo- lo- you know latch on to here for sure, but it is it also is as uh, Ben said it's a vibe you know what I mean it's like yeah. a yeah it's channeling a certain uh, atmosphere and a certain uh, emotion and that's part of it. Can I just say I bought this this soundtrack basically for the the Stone Temple Pilots track? Yeah, interesting. Because I was like I was such a I was a huge fan of Stone Temple Pilots back when I was in uh, middle school, junior high school. It is one of my favorite Stone Temple Pilot tracks, so I ain't mad about that. 
I just, you know, this is kind of a hybrid where not everything on this soundtrack is explicitly new, but it is new performances, Mm -hmm. bands doing covers of previous works, that kind of thing. But whoever was picking out the songs and the, the bands for this did a really, really good job, I think. Yes. And I listened to, I'm looking at this list here, before the album came out, the number of bands that I already listened to were Machines of Loving Grace already, Stunt Turtle Pilots, Nine Inch Nails, Rage Against the Machines, Violent Femmes, Helmet, Pantera, uh, My Life of the Thrill Kill Cult, like all of those are bands I listened to already. So this was, you know, almost every single one of these was like, oh, hell yeah, they're on here. Oh, hell yeah, they're on here. Yeah. Uh, and there were there were a couple sort of random tracks, but you know they sort of help with the vibe. And the so, two that I didn't know were Medicine and Jane's Cyberry. Same. So, so let me put it in perspective. The bands that I knew and listened to prior to like coming into this album: Rage Against Machine, Pantera, not so Triple Pilots. Like I've never really if, sat down and listened to them. Didn't we review a Helmet album? I feel like we reviewed a Helmet album. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Not even Helmet. I we haven't reviewed helmet. helmet. Okay, we should do Helmet. We should do Helmet. How about some good shit? Yeah, I should do so Joy like, Division. I, and and <laughs> then you guys are like, hey, but Pantera. I like Joy Division. You too. I do too. I never heard them before I sell them, but like Pantera, it's a Pantera song, but it's not a good Pantera song. What? I you, think, are, I don't, you are I, high, I, friend. I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> well, I mean, that aside, I mean, if you're hearing these for the first time, I think it is. Definitely, you know, you do have to get into it through the vibe, I guess, if not through like, you know, name recognition or, or whatever. Nine Inch Nails, Tracy, really? Yeah, that's on here too. Never been a big fan of Nine Inch Nails. Like I've heard Tracy a is, tracks. is like metal only all the way. Like all this, all this other stuff we're trying to sell him, like Dinosaur I mean, Nine Inch Nails is at least metal adjacent because it's like, you know, it has this industrial... Nine Inch Nails is way more metal than than a lot of the stuff Tracy says is metal, but that's, that's true. <laughs> but I've never been. A big <laughs> wasn't going to say it. no, no. That's, Nine that's Inch Nails, fair. Not, not being a fan, I don't consider myself the biggest Nine Inch Nails fan either. But, but Nine Inch Nails is also industrial goth. I mean, yep. those are like two genres I don't really ever play. Two in, things so. that Tracy does not like to taste up. Like the closest I come to willingly listen to goth is probably Junius, mm-hmm. which being mm-hmm. was like dark wave. Is that what you called it? Yeah, that's what I called it. Um, to, to speak to that, though, this Joy Division cover that Nine Inch Nails does, Dead Souls, is so good. I mean, the first seven songs on this are just, fuck yeah, sign me up for some more. Amen. Amen. You know, and then Milk Toast is okay. Um, I think that that's something Helmet had on another album. I like the cover of The Badge by Pantera. And then the last half of it, with the exception of the My Left, the Thrill Kill Cult and Jesus Mary Chain song. I like those, but the rest of it is kind of eh. But man, the, the first half of this album is so damn good. Indeed. I want to point out that two out of three of these albums make explicit reference to or use samples from Taxi Driver. Mm. So the Pantera song, that's what that sample is at the end of the guy screaming, I'm going to kill you. Yep. And then the, I guess it's Onyx. Or no, it's one of them on Judgment Night explicitly says, you know, with Harvey Coachell and Jody Foster. I don't remember. That's the uh, House of Pain, the opening House of track. Pain. That's the opening yep. track. So yeah, there was a lot of Taxi Driver vibes happening this week. There was actually i hadn't really noticed that urban decay man yep 100 uh, percent. that's a <laughs> cyberpunk goth thing that was going on Indeed. love uh burn by the crow or excuse me not the crow the cure uh, that's probably the heaviest that they've ever been i think that's probably true it's a good song it is but yeah yeah this is one of my favorite soundtracks period 
and it's probably it's one of the, yeah exactly in my i think you're right it's a time lag thing game it's also just like better than so much so many other soundtracks that have ever been <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh yeah it just like it just beats them by so much even if even if like some of the back half is not as good i mean i hate i actually really hate the last track i think it's terrible the singing is really nonsense but um uh, even with that hot garbage ending, it's still a head and shoulders above so many soundtracks that I've heard. Oh, yeah, it is. I don't know Jane Syberry's work, uh, so I think that is a song, a singer-songwriter song that I really wish had been Sarah McLaughlin or somebody other than her. Oh, yeah. She, she'd have knocked it out of the park. Yeah. But I guess Jane Syberry is the Sarah McLaughlin we have at home. Um, but yeah, no, I totally enjoyed this. I like the fact that I get the sense that, I, and I, this is something I wonder, and maybe Gabe and David, Tracy, you guys can answer this question for me. The, a lot of these were bands I knew, but I wouldn't consider this like an all A-list band thing if you're doing. I guess for the audience that they were trying to go for for the Crow, it could be considered that. But <laughs> like for the general public, yeah. But for the general public, I mean, I think if let's let's do a banging, you know, soundtrack and let's get all A-list bands for it. This was like the A-list of the alternative, I guess. But well, it was that movie was not an A-list movie. It was just sort of a you know kind of a B horror thing, and it was supposed to be like the narrator was supposed to be Death Skull Cowboy. Like the whole tone of it yes. was supposed to be very different. And then he fucking died, I suppose, accidentally. I don't. We don't need to get into that. anyway. Uh, well, a, ter- a terrible accident occurs and he dies, and so Brandon Lee. Yes, indeed, they recut well, it. It was some and- kind of freak accident, wasn't it? Well, it's you could even see it. They left it in the fucking movie. It's when relatively early in the movie where he empties a revolver into him. One of the blanks, there was a cat on there that came out the barrel, which is really not supposed to happen. It killed him. Yeah. The talk of it was that was supposed to make him a star. So it's supposed to be a star turning before it came out. So I, I don't know. But you're right. I mean, it is kind of a and I love the the source comic. Um, so I'm firmly in that camp. Me too. But. You know, uh, you're right. But the movie that he was in before this, like, what was it? It's, the, it's him and, oh, fuck, the dude who was Ivan Drago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dolph Rundgren. Yeah. And that was, I enjoyed that movie, but it's, that is some B-movie action bullshit. I mean, it's Dolph Rundgren. Right. But, so, but yeah, no, the, this soundtrack is, despite what Tracy thinks, amazing. Hey, it's, also, just, um, it's not my cup of tea. I was no, that's cool. Like, I appreciate it because even going through high school, there were people in my school who were just goo goo for gaga over the soundtrack and the the movie. Like they said, they even saw the sequels afterwards because that was good. And <laughs> Very much less like, good. Yeah, this has just never been. It's probably similar to that Manson interest. It just never something stuck to me, and I never could live or give or take. I never cared. No, man, that's fair enough. I mean, not everybody's going to like everything. As much as we try to. I was going to try to respond to uh, Ben's question, which is oh, like sure. about how they picked um, mm-hmm. these bands to be on the soundtrack. I mean, which of these bands were even really that established at the time? I mean, I think obviously The Cure uh, had been around for uh, over a decade and you know, Rage was just coming up. Stone Temple Pilots is really just coming up with their with their first, you know, first LP in 93, I think it was. And Femmes had been around. Um, Pantera's been a while for been around for a bit at this point. They just come off far beyond driven. Yeah, Pantera had, had a couple of number ones, and Nine Inch Nails probably had two because I think this was after Further Down the Spiral. 
This is uh, same year as that was oh, okay. ninety four. It was around the same time. Yeah. But the head like a hole that had done quite well. Pretty hate sure. machine. So yeah. So yeah, I'd say it's a mixture of A listers in the alternative scene and then up and coming bands. Rollins band was also uh, getting a moment in the sun too around this time because this was around the same time as Wait and Liar had come out. Liar, yeah. But yeah, all right. So Tracy, why did you pick Queen of the Damned? If, I mean, really, this my choice is between this and Resident Evil. I mean, maybe the Punisher, but I think part of the reason I picked this one is while not all the songs on here are because of it, but most of the songs, there are songs written specifically for this movie, for this album that's in there. Granted, due to record label bullshit, the person who wrote them and sung them in the movie couldn't put it on the album. They were all written by Jonathan Davis. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think the not meant, I, the only ones I think of, it's not meant for me, Forsaken and System were the three. And I think the rest were just add-ons past the fact. But those three were written by Jonathan Davis. And he performed them as a stat, like he was the voice for a stat during the movie while that was while they played. Yeah. But due to his contract with his record label, he could not appear on the album as a vocal artist. This album did answer a question that I didn't know that I ever had, which is what Chester Bennington would sound like if he sang for porn. Um, Ooh, you haven't heard that then, have you? 2019, him and Mark, he came out with a single with Mark Morton from Lamb of God that he did on his solo album. It's fucking banger. You're right. I have not heard that. You need to hear it. Okay. Jonathan Davis wrote one, two, three, five, eight, and, eight. and that's it. He wrote so- Dead Cell? Uh, the five is, yes, five no. is the Manson track. Five is the yeah. Five is the Manson oh, track. Good. That wasn't on Spotify. You couldn't have paid me to listen to Manson. So. Yeah, it wasn't there. No, dead. Yeah, Amazon didn't have it either. But I had this album. Yeah, and Papa slept Roach, so long. Dead so. Uh, slept so long. Yes, because it has the guy from Orgy, but it's not the rest of Orgy. It's yeah. the songs with like a lead singer from another band, but the band isn't there. So the yeah. ones like Papa Roach or Godhead or Earshot or Dry Cell aren't their songs. Or yeah, or the Deftones track. Deftones track. Exactly. That was on White Pony. Yeah. But and like which, that's probably Deftones' most well-known track, and I think it's probably something it's, to do with this movie. It's, their, it's definitely their best track. White Pony's a good album. I like Deftones more than you guys, but Boy, yeah. me and David like Deftones more than Ben does. <laughs> and, that's and maybe that for sure. Yeah, that is exactly what that is. Uh, now, uh, like I was gonna say, like it's interesting because you know Static X, Wayne Static shows twice on this album, once by himself, which his vocals are actually solid on that. But I don't think I'm not a fan of the remix of Code. Well, this, as you know, changed that whole band's trajectory. Yeah. So I refer you all to our Static X Blacks that last we talked about. This is when the record label was like, well, holy shit, and just decided to like fire their producer. And anyway, you can listen to that blast. It talks all about that. Yeah. But So this had a huge effect on their career, for better or for worse. I don't know how much Forsaken changed Disturbed's trajectory. I don't, I don't think, think it did much. at all. Let me just interject and say that Cold is the highlight of this record. Yeah, it really much. is the, the most outstanding track on this record. And uh, it's either that I, or Changing the House of Flies. I've yeah. heard. I mean, I think it all it just stands out because it doesn't sound like all the other tracks and it's good. I, I feel <laughs> like, I wish they would just put the normal there the original on there. I wish they would put the original. I'm not a fan of the remix. They didn't have it. No, this preceded it. I think this came out before this this was recorded before that. Like, I heard this before I heard Machine. So they change it around. Like, I'd heard this before I heard the version on Machine. I think it comes up before it. I think that this is the one. I know that the, they made a video for this version. Yes. So, yeah, this is the original version, Tracy. Yeah. I agree with you. I like 
the one that make that is on machine better but this is the original i think believe it or not because this was recorded back in 2000 to 2001 so machine came out may 2022 2001 queen of down came out march 1st 2002 yeah but this was recorded earlier and so and when when because cold was floating around before machine came out and it was this version because this was actually, you're right, this came out in 02, but they recorded, they had a lot of problems getting it out. This was stuff was recorded about, as far back as 2000. It was 2000, oh, 2001 okay. when they recorded it. And it was, and I admit it was the Napster era, <laughs> but I got, so I had yeah. called before Machine and it was this one. Oh, okay. Well, I still prefer Machine's version. Though. No, that's fair. I'm not arguing that point. I'm just saying, I think, believe it or not, I think this is the original cut. Oh, wow. I think that that's right, that this is the original cut. I like this, that version too. I mean, I don't know that I, which one I prefer necessarily. I, I just like that song, so I like both versions. Some of these songs are really 2000 and 2001. And I say that as somebody, I had almost all of these albums. I had Earshot's album. I had Dry Cell's album. I did not. I never liked Papa Roach. But yeah, so it reminded me that Papa Roach actually had more than one song. Eh, they were all right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I saw them get completely wasted in front of me at the airport in Miami. Anyway, Deftones, like I was super, you know, I, so I was into a lot of these bands, but that being said, listening to it, I think, I guess all of these are a product of their time and place, but I feel mm-hmm. like Judgment Night and Crow maybe have aged a tiny bit better. I mean, there's some good songs on here, but I don't know, part of it is some of this is taking us into butt metal territory. <laughs> a tiny uh, bit. So me, one way ticket to butt town. One way ticket to butt metal town. town. Well, <laughs> I'll let go first and now follow up. Well, to me, this album suffers from two things. One is the least cohesive. Indeed. Which is amazing, considering that Jonathan Davis wrote them, uh, almost all the songs. And the <laughs> the the other is that the other stuff that he didn't write was already popular songs that I'd heard before. Indeed. And so it's like, oh well, this is a popular song. Let's pad this soundtrack with this. And if I'm going to buy a soundtrack, I either want it to be original music that the bands have written for the movie or for it to be interesting covers or b-sides that you're not going to get anywhere else which you know judgment night and the crow did a really good job of Mm -hmm. doing and this was not so successful as and another thing despite the this is essentially a new metal album and it is a watered down version of what was going on in the judgment night soundtrack to my ears it's definitely new metal yeah, it's definitely new metal. I think it's the post new metal apocalypse wasteland that was America post 90s. But what I was going to say about this album is this album, this movie came out in 2002, and a, a lot of women my age really still enjoy everything off this album. And granted, we're, we're a very selective size of four dudes talking about this, but a lot of the girls my age enjoy <laughs> this album and still, like my wife and all of her friends, adore this album. Wow. It's just because I mean, of vampires and shit. I think I think it's you know that it's the, that. I think it's the Queen of the That's Damned, why. the movie behind it, and then there the soundtracks off of this. There's a couple songs I think they don't really care for, like Down with a Sickness, but they all love Code because of it. Changing the House of Flies with Deftones. I think they also enjoy the Chester Bennington song on here. So like I think when my generation, this is the album of my generation where you guys are like, what the hell with the time lag, but the opposite way. Sure. And I think this is where the a lot of people in my generation are like, hey. I 
was on this ride though i was new metal as fuck I, I everything that happened i was on the ride so i am older than you but i was i had every one of these fucking albums <laughs> just I, about like i even today i was like didn't i have earshot as these things came up i looked i'm like oh god i did like i had all of these fucking albums but i, I agree it was, maybe it wasn't as formative for me but i was very much in this space in 2000 i, I will say that tracy has a point because if i think about a lot of the female metal fans that I know that are my age, they feel that way about the Crow soundtrack. For sure. Because even though that's not technically a strictly metal soundtrack, it's more like an alt rock soundtrack. I mean, it has like The Cure and, you know, Nine Inch Nails and all that. And I, I have found that amongst my circles, Nine Inch Nails fandom runs more to, towards the female side than it necessarily does the male side. But also to David's point, I had I had the fucking Disturbed albums and Static X and even that shitty Deftones album and Linkin Park. <laughs> you know, I had, I had these all these albums. In other so, words, it only missed me. Like it just totally went over my head. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the only survivor. <laughs> exactly. I didn't have some of the more esoteric stuff or what I consider esoteric because I didn't have it. Like I didn't know Dry Cell or Earshot or Tricky, but a lot of the other stuff. Oh, I, fuck. I love Tricky already because of um just because of the shit that came out like i listened to trip hop a lot when mm-hmm. i was living in europe so i got on the whole portishead tricky bus um oh, you mean you attack. mean electronica i mean electronica <laughs> <laughs> that is what i mean so even tricky i fucking loved tricky and i and i absolutely adore kidney thieves still i like that too i like I, that. I still, that's a band that i still like a lot so papa roach man meryl manson can <laughs> fuck off I David Draymond is just silly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good singer, but his vocal mannerisms are kind of dumb. They, they're fucking... They've not aged well, man. It's a, it's the they fast track to butt metal town. I'm telling you. That song is so over fucking played. It's on this album. I'm like, ah. I like the Richard, Richard Cheese version better. Like whenever mm. I get down with the sickness, the one that's in, uh, it's in the zombie movie. Um, I'm trying a blank. The guy Zombie who made Under the World, the, the British one, the guy people who made oh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead. It's like, uh, yeah, it's in that movie. I thought, I thought you were in a serious that. zombie movie. No, I was, no, I didn't. I know. I was like, I was remembering every one but Shaun of the Dead. I was like, End of the World or uh, the one where they're in the perfect village that's essentially Murray, Kentucky. And it turns out the village is murdering everyone. <laughs> so, yes. Where's the lie? Where's the lie, indeed. So, yeah, this is very 2000 to 2002, but apparently chicks dig it and it had a lot yeah. of bands i liked well and i think this might have been like for some bands like deftones might have been an entry point for them into growing their fan base for sure but like ben says i mean there's not a lot of new well, stuff this... on here for anybody really to like oh i had to have it on what you're like yeah i really want it for these three songs for songs on here that were for the movie itself and then you got some stragglers come on with it well i think that Everybody, because of the success of Interview with a Vampire, everybody expected this movie to be really huge. So if I was the Deftones, I would be super cool with licensing my song for this soundtrack as well. Oh, hell yeah. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah, They spent a lot of money on that movie. They sure did. Two of our three movies have leads that died. (laughs) So I don't know what that... That's really sad. It is really sad. It's a mess. Well, I mean... Did Emilio's Estevez career make it past 95? I mean, it, it sort of rebooted, I guess. Yeah. I think he went into He's at least alive. He's, he's, he, he's still alive, but his career, though. Bruce, yeah. Um, Bruce Lee's son and Ali are fucking dead. Yeah. I'm like, I can't remember. What is Bruce Lee's son's name? Brandon. 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 Brandon Lee. That's it. He's dead. So I haven't thought about him in a while. But uh, 
Amelia SMS at least gets to live on. Yes. Um, shall we grade these? Let's grade them. I, I think we've talked enough about the songs and everything all together. So yeah, what's what's yeah? Let's well, put I mean, grades on these and no, we, I want to say go every... back and run down who what was on these because we didn't do that entirely. But I don't think nah. that's necessary. It's such an amalgamation and assorted craziness. I think, we, I think we said our piece on the shit we liked and didn't. Yeah. yeah. And Google is a thing, so if you really want to know, you just yeah. for sure. Yeah. We're gonna be lazy tonight, fellas. Sorry. And people, not just okay. all the people, the various peoples in Estonia and beyond. So let's grade Judgment Night. I guess we'll do it in the order we talked about it. Oh, I gotta change the Excel sheet. I put them in the uh, order. We listen to them. You could just yeah. also arrow down. Yeah, so, Tracy, you could just what the? You don't have to change the order. You do not. <laughs> you're, you're a weirdo, man. What the hell? I just no. was gonna grade them in the order we talked about them. We'll I do whatever you order, want, Tracy. Whatever you want. Order the way we picked them and listen to them, but since we talked, you can about them, you can do that, but you can just put the grade oh, in in the yeah, order. Dude, I cannot because I will know it's not in order. And then the spreadsheet will know it's not in order. The spreadsheet will know, Gabe. That is exactly. <laughs> so let's do the crow first. Let's, at that point. let's no, grade the crow. I've already changed them. Judgment night first. Oh my god! The spreadsheet will be a lie if I don't. Amazing. Yeah. There's only one truth in this world, and it's the spreadsheet. <laughs> Man. All right, Ben, start us off, please, so we can just end this madness. Uh, I'm going to give that an A+. plus. Yeah. Just because it was new for the time, I still think it holds up today. Um, you have so many different styles. These are legendary metal artists and legendary rappers coming together again, to varying levels of success. But I don't think, even the track that I said was my least favorite is still Del the fucking Homo Sapien. So, and no I'll go next. I'm going to give it an A. Like, I really enjoyed this album. I am honest, like a 93. I really enjoyed this album. It's a lot better. I don't say a lot better than I was expecting, but it's still pretty damn good. I'm going to give it an A-. minus, um, <clears throat> Basically for reasons that I mentioned. It's really fun. Uh, a couple of the tracks don't work so well, uh, but it's still fun. I'm going to come in um, sort of between the range here and give it an A. I think it was pretty innovative for the time. Some of these songs have aged quite well and are very cool. And even the weak songs are still okay. So it's a solid A for me. So I'll go next with, with The Crow. I'm going to give it a C. Oh, God damn. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Well, I'm going to give it an A plus to negate Tracy's poor judgment. Because <laughs> I think it's one of the best soundtracks ever. I also agree that it's one of the best soundtracks ever. And probably... Of the marriage between soundtrack and movie, which granted I haven't seen Queen of the Dam, I think it's one of the best pairings ever. Um, the way that it works. So, but there there is some stuff on the back half that I consider slightly weak. So I'm going to give coming just under David and give it an A. I am going to give it an A because I do think it is one of the best soundtracks ever. The sequencing is genius, and even if there are one or two weaker tracks on the back end, it still works. It's an it's a vibe. Indeed. It is a whole ass vibe. For sure. Queen of the Dam, gentlemen. I guess I can start. Uh, I'll give this a B. You know, it's not exemplary, but I do like some of the songs, even though they were on other albums. Um, it, it's maybe not age as well as the other two, but it's still a B for me. There's some good stuff on here. There's a lot of there's a lot of bands I like. So I'm gonna give it a C because really, as Gabe said, despite the fact that it has my favorite Deftone song on it, the only song other than that that i would choose to listen to would be the code by static x so. shit 
<laughs> um, I, I am not going to do much different than Ben. I'm going to give this a C because I really only like a couple tracks on here. The rest of it is just garbage. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that leaves me. I'm going to uh, kind of come in there in between to give it a B minus. Like, I don't think there's a lot that outside of the few Johnson Davis tracks on here, I don't think that's really you can get everything else on a seven somewhere else. And there's not really a lot. Some of the tracks on here aren't that great, even with when you can't get them run somewhere else. So it's not a lot to really kind of just keep you in there. Yeah. If you had asked me in like 1999, well, actually probably later than that, like in 2000, my opinion of that disturbed song might've been different after before I'd heard it 11 billion times. But yeah. Everybody knows it. Yeah. Yo, man, this is my metal jam. I'm trying to put myself outside of that. <laughs> just trying. How did I feel about it at the time? I don't how know. Do, just how do I terrible. pretend that I didn't hear this 11 billion times? Yeah, for real. <laughs> pretend I, I only heard and it even one of those, you know, the things from Men in Black where they, you know, they flashlight you and you can't remember anything uh, you just saw. I would like to have that with that song. <laughs> I would like, too, to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it is what it is. What are we doing I, next, Tracy? Man, next. Our... We oh, next. We are, our next blast is going to be the Tick of David as we look at soil work. Fuck yes, I'm so pumped about that. But in real time, that's like five weeks away. I mean, it's the book of an eye, Tracy. I know. It's all relative. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels like, oh, it is three relative. weeks ago, I was like preparing for the ocean blast. I mean. Oh, that's because you've listened to all that shit again this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, because <sighs> we didn't listen to those two albums on that blast. Okay, fair enough. Feels <laughs> the other ocean. I did. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our uh, grab bag of soundtracks. There are probably other soundtracks we could do. If there's others that we'd like to hear us talk about and perhaps malign, just let us know. Um, and we will try and get that into the schedule at some point. No promises guaranteed. Anyway, thank you for listening and we will talk to you later. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Should we take...